Well, welcome to Door Creek. If you're a guest here today, my name's Mark, one of the pastors here. We're really glad that you're here. Uh, you're going to get a good understanding of what we're on about as we're taking a break from our series, The Storyline, to uh, just kind of reconnect with the rooted vision. And uh, before I go any further, it was really cold on that hill. You're supposed to say, how cold? It was so cold that I was having problems thinking. I mean, my brain was freezing. It was so cold that we would, we would, because I was like, we couldn't get it right. We couldn't, meaning I couldn't get it right. So then I'd say, John, our videographer, I said, we just gotta go back in the car and warm up. So we'd go back in the car and warm up, and we'd come back. And I realized last night, or Thursday night when I was, the Friday night when I was looking at this, it was so cold that my, my face was freezing and I couldn't talk because everything was just hard in any way. So it was cold, but it's warm in here. We're glad that you're here. And as we reconnect um, our, our minds and hearts to the vision that God has laid out, my hope is you leave here with a bigger understanding of who our God is and that you walk out of here today with a, a better understanding of how connected you are to this great God who sent his son for you and for me. So Rooted finds its foundation in a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 27, 6. It's a prophecy about what God is going to do with his people. And it reads this way, In the days to come, Jacob shall take root, Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. That's what God wants for us, to be rooted, to blossom, to spread out, to multiply, be part of filling the whole world with the fruit of young and old women and men who know, love, and serve Jesus Christ as their Savior. And Paul says in Colossians 1.6, actually the gospel is bearing fruit and it is filling the whole world. So it actually is happening and this is part of our story. When you think about this verse, it's good to remember that it's God actually who roots us. There's this wonderful uh, verse from the prophet Jeremiah that reads this, My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I'll bring them back to this land, God says. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. It's good to remember that's what God does. And that's what he desires. He plants us, and he wants us to stay radically connected in him. We also notice, if you go back to that first slide from Isaiah 27, 6, that a person who's rooted, there's three things. You can just see them in, in the verse there. They blossom, right? They put forth shoots, and they fill the whole world with fruit. So let's talk about blossom. When I think about rooted things, Blossoming. I'm, I'm thinking of God's work that brings beauty out of our lives, lives that are broken, lives that aren't perfect, and God's grace brings beauty out of our lives. Um, I think about the, the fragrance, right, of, of a blossom, and I think about, apart from Christ, when we're living for ourselves, there's an odor. It's called self-centeredness, selfishness, right? But the aroma of God's grace is a beautiful thing, this blossom. When I think of blossom, I also think about promise and the future. So we know this, right? If we've got a, um, um, I mean, there's, there's some of these 
modify trees, but, uh, you know, a fruit tree. I got friends up in Door County. They, they've got all kinds of apple trees and cherry trees. When the blossoms come out, we know that for every blossom, there's going to be fruit there. And so it speaks about the future, the promise, about fruitfulness. So people who are rooted by God's grace blossom. And that's what's happening in our lives by God's grace. He's doing a beautiful work in us individually together as a church. Rooted things also put forth shoots, right? They, they reach out. Because rooted's all about being grounded in Christ for the good of the world. We want to go deeper to reach further. Rooted things grow. They spread out. And so we go with God as we grow as a follower of God, joining him in his work in this world. Here's the third thing, though, right? Rooted things multiply. So filling the whole world with fruit. As we join God in his work in the world, he actually uses us, his grace in us to move through us, the things that he's beautifully doing in us to be that which beautifully reproduces in other people who put their faith in Christ and who grow in him and live for him and know and love and serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the Rooted Initiatives is all about God's mission in this world of bringing all things together to himself through Christ. These Rooted Initiatives are, are not a, a new vision, a new kind of trajectory for our church. It's just a new chapter. We're turning the page on something new and it has everything to do with our mission and our vision and our values. So the mission of our church really answers the question, so what are we about, Door Creek? And why don't we just say this together? What are we about? Joining God and changing people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. That's what we're about. Seeing more and more people become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Our vision is this. Let me read this one. By God's grace, we desire to be a Christ-centered church for all people where the power of the gospel, the good news of God's love for us in Christ, is continually, constantly, all the time, everywhere, transforming lives, renewing our city, and changing the world. That's where we're going, by the grace of God. And then our values begin to flesh out what does a, a devoted follower of Christ look like? What, what, what does a rooted person who's connected to God through Christ look like. And what's been happening this last year for Rooted is God's growing us. There's growing integrity in our lives, growing faith and trust and love, growing courage and compassion, sacrifice, growing in our skills for ministry, growing in humility, greater generosity. So look at our values. They describe what a devoted follower of Christ is, someone who's grounded in Christ. A person who's rooted in Christ understands that we live a life of worship, that all of life can be lived unto God's honor and glory, wherever we are, whatever we do. So we're worshiping God in all of life. And that means there's growing integrity. So there's not a veneer that, that's, that's the Sunday stuff. No, it's all through the week. Whatever we're doing, wherever we're doing it, from filling out our tax returns this week or this month to putting a, an offering in the, in the offering box. All of it unto him. The Bible's authority, centering our lives on God's truth, growing in our faith and trust, believing God, right? Taking him at his word, 
obeying his commands, believing his promises. There's the richness of community where we are committed to growing together in Christ. That's where we grow best is in community. And, and at that point, we're growing our love for each other as we're in relationship around Christ and his word, serving each other, serving the world together. Then there's the value of a joyful witness, sharing and living the good news. Paul says, we are willing to share with you not only the gospel, but our own lives as well. We're living it, we're speaking it. We're growing courage to just move towards people that God's placed in our life that are far from him. These are things that God is doing. He's growing our compassion, compassionate service, humbly extending his mercy to those in need. It's growing our skills for ministry, intentional training, to prepare and release God's people for ministry. Prayer, persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually is actually our humility is growing. That humility and prayer life go hand in hand. When we don't pray, it's because we don't think we need God. When we truly understand who we are and who God is and our need for God, then we become more and more people of prayer, not just in the crisis of life, but throughout life. And then finally, contagious, contagious generosity. We're growing in generosity, right? Excelling in the grace of giving. So grab your Bible, Colossians chapter 2. There's two verses I want to look at today with you. So Colossians is uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians. You can see it in my Bible all the way towards the back. Feel free to use that table of contents. Chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Let us read it together out loud. You'll see it up on the screen. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So, you see that phrase, to live your lives in him at the end of verse 6? That, that's another way of saying that's what, it, that's what it means to be grounded in Christ. Living our lives in him. We're just not connected to Jesus. Teaching, we're connected to Jesus. He is the giver of life. We're connected to his ways, to his truth, to his commands, to his promises. All of us, all of who we are. Jesus says, you got to love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So when we're living our lives in Christ, we are being grounded in Christ for the good of the world. That's where it begins. And it tells us that for that to happen, we need to continue doing what we did at the first. Just as you receive Christ, how do we receive Christ? Well, it was actually, the Bible makes it really clear. We receive Christ because he pursued us. It was actually his initiative. So it's by his good grace. And he gave us the faith to trust that Jesus is the promised Savior, the perfect Son of God, who lived the perfect life, died in our place on the cross, conquered death through the resurrection, and he is our only hope. And so we continue to live in him by grace, trusting him. Keep turning away from the counterfeit gods. Keep trusting in Jesus. 
He's where we find our identity. He's where we find our strength. He's where we find truth. Here's where we find wisdom. Here's where we find beauty. Here's where we find hope. Here's where we find meaning and significance in our lives. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. In this Christ, he tells us in chapter 1, verse 15, is um, just unbelievable. He is the image of the invisible God. He's God in the flesh. He's the creator and sustainer of all things. He's supreme over all things. In him, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. He's fully God, every bit of Jesus. And not only that, he's the great reconciler of all things, the one who makes us right with God, the one who can make us right with each other through his death on the cross. And he's inviting us into a relationship. You ever been to a dinner party and the question is, so if you could have dinner with anybody living or dead, who would you have? You ever heard that one, right? And so you think about, oh, I'm going to be really creative here. And um, so this is God saying, I, I, I don't, I don't want to just have dinner with you. I, I want to do life with you. This is, this is the God of the universe who's always existed who in his great love sent his one and only son to rescue me and you, he wants a relationship that would plant us and make us solid and secure with a commitment to grow us and make us into beautiful women and men and marriages and families and wherever we're serving with our neighbors and community, that we would be beautiful, that we'd have an impact in the world. He's inviting us to do this. And it's all his doing. And our response to his grace is that we see him as Lord, not just of the universe, but we say, Jesus, you have f I'm surrendering my life into your hands. You are my Lord. You are my king. You're the leader of my life, and I give you every, I'm not keeping any closets locked. You get the whole thing. Everything is yours. And so as we continue to grow up, as we keep exercising that faith that he's given us, as we keep tying our lives back to the word of God that builds faith, we realize the church helps us, though, be rooted and grow. So in Colossians, he'll talk about teachers like Epaphras in chapter 1, verse 7. He talks about what he's been doing where he strenuously contended with all his might to teach them and admonish them and exhort them so that they would be complete and mature in Christ. It's the church who's teaching us. It's the church who prays for us like Paul's praying for the church in verses 9 and through 12 of chapter 1. It's, it's through all these things, including the church's commitment to grow and equip God's people to do ministry. And we know at the end of the day that we're rooted because there's an overflow of what? It's not knowledge. It's not even love in this passage. It's what? Last, last word, thankfulness. Overflowing thankfulness. Gratitude is the result of someone who's been planted by the grace of God and by his grace pursuing that life in Christ. And so that's what we've been on about this last year, really intentionally leaning into it. We've challenged each other, and people are doing this, intentionally owning their spiritual growth. People have been writing a spiritual growth plan. It's time to re-up that. We've been intentionally 
going after specific series to help you grow to be more grounded in Christ. That's why we studied Colossians right out of the gate. That's why we studied the Apostles' Creed, the foundations of our faith, right? That's why we went after the life of Abraham and Sarah in Unexpected. That's why we're going through the storyline to better ground you in God's truth, that story that all holds together in Christ. This last year, we've had more people than ever before connect to a group. And that's like a fast track to growing. We come around God's word trying to figure out what it means, not just then, but now, to pray for each other, to encourage each other, to serve each other, together to serve those that he's placed in our lives. We had more people reading the Bible. Last year, we read through the New Testament. This year, the Old. So can I just give a big shout out if you made it through Leviticus? Because that's a tough one. Most people go, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. And they get to the Leviticus and they go, next year. That's hard. So here's what grace means for Bible reading plans. If you fell off the wagon in Leviticus, grace extended means the shorthand of Leviticus is be holy because God is holy. All right, join us in numbers. And, and keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But that's what's been happening. The Compassion Projects. You see six of them listed in your rooted update that I hope you were handed on the way in. And let me just mention some of the other ones. Remember, we kicked off with the Big Serve, $23,000 worth of food, all those bags of groceries that went to our partner schools. And then we, we gave out these uh, adopted teacher grants. So I don't know how many, 20, 30 adopted teachers. We have small groups with a teacher. And we gave them grants to do things in their classroom that they don't have funds to do. That was great. Shank, we did a cooking class. Mozambique, we were working in ag development and health, empowering the local church to serve there with World Relief, our great partner. Kingdom Justice Summit was just last weekend. Man, this thing's just exploding. So we had 300 people. It was up 50% from last year. We had 50 churches involved, 50% increase from last year, wrestling with the important concept of what is biblical justice? And more importantly, what does it look like lived out in our day together in community? So we're excited that the rooted monies, the 4,000, so every month 4,000 rooted dollars went to one of those funds, one of those projects. So for Kingdom Justice, what happened is we said, look, we're going to cover the expenses of this, right? The speakers, all that stuff. Anybody who registers, their registration is going to go to one of eight local places that we serve, partners that we serve right here. So $6,000 were divvied up to those eight local partners, all through Rooted, right? And then the sports ministry. And uh, Rooted Monies allowed us to staff a new position. We got a part-time director of sports ministry. It's so great to have Eric here. He loves Jesus. Came here to be a cop. And uh, God had other plans for him. And we're so glad that he and Jolene are part of this church. And Eric's using his love for Jesus, his love for kids, his love for sports. He's an athlete. He's got a master's in exercise science. And say, I, I want to leverage all of that so that we as a church can leverage sports to see more and more families and kids changed by God's beautiful grace. So in Upwards going on right now, thank you for those of you who are coaching our kids. 64 out of the just over 100 kids are not from our church. So this is a great opportunity for us to connect with people in the community that we don't in places like here or DeForest. 
So we already have 19 of the 20 coaches for um, upward soccer that's going to be starting in a few weeks on the new fields. And then there'll be flag football. We're excited that we're going to be putting in a new nine-hole Frisbee golf for the community. It's free for our neighbors around here, for you guys, your friends. And on and on, we want to just leverage sports. At this campus, North Campus will be doing that. On the north side of Madison, it's just a great vehicle to use in our day. Then there's been the whole training initiatives. So through Rudy, we've had more classes. We've identified a couple areas. One of them was in this whole area of marriage. We uh, have, for the first time now, have a marriage preparation class. We have trained mentors now through Rooted, couples that come alongside, engaged couple, and build into their lives and bless them as they get ready, not for a wedding day, but for a life together, right? So we've had that. We've had marriage courses. In fact, we're going to have our first marriage retreat, at least since I've been here, October 13th through 15th. If you're married, note it. Great way to invest in your marriage. Lori has a saying, I would much rather spend $300 getting away the two of us on a weekend than going to marriage counseling. And we've done that. That's hard. That's a hard way to spend 300 So I, I'd much rather invest in our marriage. And so this is a great way to invest. So you can write down October 13th through 15th at a beautiful Green Lake Conference Center later this fall. We had classes, though, offered through Get Trained Week, right? We had forums. Michael Ware came in and talked about faith and politics. Tim Mackey's coming a week from Saturday. Are you kidding? A Bible crash course? How we got our Bible? Is it reliable? Can we trust it? How to read it? How to study it? A Saturday morning with one of the great young gifted scholars and teachers of our country right here, right in this room. So we're excited about that. We also have been leaning into internship program. So we had five interns. You see four of them on the slide. And you just heard what Sarah was talking about. Her experience here multiplied to what she's doing now in lacrosse. And so we're excited that the internship is an opportunity for someone to test, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I sense I'm open to it. And we love that. We want to see lots more interns around here, godly women and men, younger and older, who just go, I'm wondering, I'm wondering. And then the residents would be people who can make a greater commitment of time. We make a greater investment of dollars. They've gone through their training, and they're wanting to have this kind of finishing experience in a healthy ministry environment to go on into further ministry. So think about the medical model of a resident, except our residents get sleep. So that's a good thing. All right, so that's under training. So on debt, one of the things about Rooted is we wanted to lean in and accelerate reduction of our debt. And so through the pledges that we have to date, 1.6 million, uh, we've got 520,000 going to reduce debt. To date, we have paid down 250, and tomorrow morning, there's another 75,000 going to pay down the principal of our mortgage, and we plan to have that 520,000 and maybe more if we can raise more here at this one-year anniversary point. And then the sites. So the sites are all about, you know, the rooted things that blossom. They spread forth shoots. That's what our campuses are, leveraging the relationships that you have in the communities where you live to reach more people in those areas. So the reason there's a campus up north in DeForest is because uh, six years ago, seven years ago when we were planning it, we knew there were 300 families that lived up there. 
real close to that. So he said, that's strategic. Let's go to where our people already live to reach more people that they know and work with and live with and play with to reach them for Christ. So let's talk about the North Campus, which was year one's focus. Year one's focus. So the North Campus started in 2011, six years ago of last month, February. And since 14, we've been looking for a permanent space. We started in DeForest High School. It was a great space, but it wasn't a permanent space. And we only got it for a couple hours every Sunday morning. So then in 2014, through All In, we found 3,000 square foot of space, a storefront on Main Street right across from the Pick and Save. And we started using that for, you know, for ministry to students. There's offices in there. A year ago, we said, you know, it'd even be better to just have two services in that space than still be in the high school. And so we did that move. And the kids meet in the karate space. So it's not great, but it's working. And God's doing great things there. But all along, since 2014, we've been looking for about 10,000 square foot of space to put North Campus in, to give them a, a permanent facility to reach, you know, more and more people on the, the north part of Dane County. We, we looked at warehouses. We looked at an old grocery store. We looked at restaurants, coffee shops, an old pharmacy. And we just kept striking out, kept striking out. And the people at North were going, hmm, hmm. You know, about this time, we built 40,000 square foot of space here. And they're going, hmm, hmm. You guys remember us on the north part of Dane County? And we did. We've been looking. It just hasn't opened up. So last May, something came back to us that we actually turned down. I don't know if it was 08, 09, something like that, eight, nine years ago. This same offer. A developer, not part of our church, says to us again, hey, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready to start this new campus, I mean, to this new development. And I still have that 10 acres, and I'm wondering if you guys would like to move your north campus on Main Street in that small leased facility to this 10 acres of land. And so our board went to study, and we were starting to run the numbers. And one of the things we realized is our $500,000 budget to build out 10,000 square foot of space that was too low. It was probably going to cost us more like seven or 800000 And we realized if we did that, we'd never even own that property. And we couldn't find that property that had adequate parking. So we said, we need to study this and, and look at it further. So there's a task force of gifted leaders from the board and the church. And they made a recommendation to the board who'd been looking at it seriously, praying through it, talking about it. And just this Thursday night, just a couple days ago, the board just had strong, overwhelming consensus to say, we need to take this offer, this gift of land worth well over a million dollars. We need to sign a lease because we went back to this guy and said, we're not sure we're ready to build right now and own, you know, that kind of a building. But we're wondering if you'd actually like to build it for us and let us rent it from you, lease it. And we were pretty sure he was going to say, that was a good, good, good try. And he said, yes. He said, yes, I'll do that. And uh, I'll give you an option to buy it and hope you're in a position to do that sooner than later. And we, we were discussing that. Is this the right thing to do at this time? And the board said, yeah, that's the right thing. We're going to receive this gift, and we're going to sign this lease. And uh, this is just one of those wow things. I mean, this wasn't on our radar. This wasn't on... Uh, in our thinking, this was way beyond our wildest thinking. Remember what Ephesians 3.20 says about our God? 
He is able to do what? Immeasurably more than we could what? Ask or amend beyond our wildest dreams. And so here it is. We have an opportunity to uh, design a building that this developer is going to build with the hopes that one day we could own it, have 10 acres of space on the corner of Highway 51, right off the exit at Windsor Road in that southeast quadrant. It is a lot easier to get to that church than this facility in terms of highway networks, right? There's 16,000 cars that pass that site every day. That's over like 120,000 cars a week. It's like 6 million cars a year. It's great. For those of you that were here in the late 90s when we moved to this place on 31 acres, for those of you who weren't, here's what I was told. You could stand up right here on this hill and you could do this and you'd pick out like five houses. Well, now just as you go out today, just look. Look what, what's moved in here. And so this is positioned to be kind of another Sprecher Road. My vision for North Camp has been way too small. After having visited last week, I realized, oh, my word, this is just, it's exploding right now. This, this campus, I thought this would be a, a strong campus at 500. This campus could easily be a campus over 1,000. Then that becomes another strategic place to reach more people up north in places where there aren't Bible-centered, Christ-centered, gospel-centered churches. So I was up at North Campus, and I was um, at the meet and greet. The guy in front of me turned around. He said, hey, my name's Larry. First time here. Go, oh, hi, Larry. I'm Mark. How'd you hear about Door Creek? He says, well, I'm actually building a house in Bear Tree Farms, which is the development of that 10 acres. And I heard, you know, that you guys might be moving your North Campus there, and I just wanted to come and check it out. And then I met a young dad. His name is Dave, and he... He told me about his family that went to the land and they were just walking around it and looking at it and dreaming about it. And, and that night, his little daughter, and every night since, said, Daddy, we got to pray for the church. We got to pray for the church. So when I was walking on that land a couple weeks ago and praying over it, I noticed there's just tons of rocks on that farm field. So I picked up a little rock and we gathered a bunch for our people up at North Campus and we encouraged people to kind of just keep it out. So I keep it in my pocket to remember to pray. For, for North Campus. So here's the deal on finances. We um, were planning to raise uh, $500,000 if we'd raised the full 2.5, but we didn't raise the full 2.5, we raised 1.6. And of the 1.6, the percentage was that 320,000 would go towards North Campus build out. We actually have that money in the bank right now. We're going to need another 300000 We need to raise more pledges, more monies, so that we can put a shovel in the ground. And what we've told the builder is, we don't want you to begin building this until we have the monies in hand. Why do we need $600,000 if he's building the building? Well, because we got to help him recover some of the costs of putting in a street and the sidewalks and the, and the sewer and the water. And we need to put furniture in there, right? So that people aren't going to a service and sitting on the floor. So we need $600,020, $620,000. We have three hundred twenty dollars right now. We need an extra $300,000 that we're hoping to raise in the next few months. And what it looks like is we'll be working on the design, and in the summer we hope to uh, be able to break ground if we've got those pledges in hand. And then they're telling us that early 2018, a year from now, North Campus will be meeting in their new digs up there right off of Highway 51, and we are so excited and so grateful to God, so grateful to God.
So then there's the north side. This was always going to be our focus year two. Now, we've been thinking about the north side for a long time as a leadership. We've been there. For the last eight years, we've had a resale store. Do you know what our resale store's name is? Boomerangs. Not everybody knew that. So we have a resale store at Door Creek. It's called Boomerangs. It's not called Goodwill. It's not called St. Vinny's. Stop bringing your stuff to those places. <laughs> this is our store. This is our ministry on the north side. People through that store have been prayed over. People have been connected with resources. People have been hired and given jobs. Half the volunteers aren't from our church, and we're loving on them, right? And so we want to be the best resale store in Madison. It's not that hard. Friendliest, cheapest, best stuff, easy to get my stuff into my car and out of my car, right? That's our goal. So we need more donations. We are not waste management. So don't give us your junk. You can put that in your bin. We want your good stuff, right? Your nice clothes, your nice things. We'll pick up furniture. We've got a truck. The truck's here first weekend. That's why you saw it in the parking lot. There's now a bin. So any week you can come, any day you could come if it's too hard to get down there. But be, be thinking about, hey, that's, that's our reason because all the profits are going to the community. So this last year, we gave $7,500 of grants to nonprofits working on the north side. That's been our intent and what we've been doing these last eight years. So this is going to become a major funding arm for the north side Madison site. So what's the name of our store? Boomerangs. What do we need? Good donations. We need more people to serve. We need to tell your neighbor who's had a garage sale and they don't know what to do with the rest of it. Boomerangs, right? Okay, so that's boomerangs. So here's what we're hoping happens. This is what we're going to do. We're, we're chasing a leader. We've come really close in the last couple of months. We still don't have God's leader for this site. Um, but we're, we're going to appoint John Anderson, our pastor of community development, to run point now in gathering a core. We want 50 to 100 people that will commit for one to two years or longer and say, you know what, we're in on that. Or some of you are going to go, you know what, we think we're supposed to move down there. I was amazed the other day. I was at dinner. We had a friend over. In the middle of dinner, she said to me, and she lives out in the sticks, a long way from the north side of Madison. She says to me, well, I'm going to north side Madison because God's made it really clear. I need to go. I'm going, wow, thanks, Lord, for reminding me that that's what you do. That's what you do. That's what God does. When I was in college church in Wheaton, Illinois, this kind of Mayberry town where nobody wanted to leave because it was just Mayberry. It was such a great place to be and live, raise a family. We said, there's two guys on our staff said, we feel called to go plant a church in the city. We're going to go to the south side in Hyde Park that is surrounded. It's kind of this little oasis, University of Chicago, surrounded by an urban jungle. And there are 100 people, 20, 30 families that moved. They sold their houses. And that church is now four or five churches around. And, and this is like, this is what we're going to do. It's a life work. It's going to be slow. It's going to be hard. But we want to we plant a Christ-centered campus on the north side that's rooted and beautiful and spreading out and gracing the north side, right, with the love and the grace and the compassion and the wisdom and the beauty and truth of Christ, a loving community that loves on the north side of Madison and I'm just wondering if you'll be part of that. I know we all need to pray about it. And so this last year, the owners that we've known for a long time, because they've owned it for a long time since we've been 
there with Boomerang said to us, we know you're trying to do something on the north side, and it didn't work out at the Dorn property, but uh, the Dorn hardware space. But you know what? There's some new space. The old family restaurant's open. The cricket store's no longer there. There's 8,000 square feet. And by the way, we, we know what you're doing, and we'd like to contribute $300,000 of our own money to help you do that. They don't go to Door Creek Church. They know what we're on about, want to be part of it. That's awesome. Now, here's the deal. Honestly, we don't know if that's going to be the right space. Um, we're still praying about that. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we're looking for a leader. We're going to begin gathering the core. And we don't need a core right now to do that. We don't even need a space. I mean, we don't need a, a building to gather the core. We don't need a building to keep serving on the north side. But we want to, this is what we're at. We want to gather that core. So I want you to be praying about, is that something I'm supposed to be a part of? Fifty years ago in our church's history, one church became three. And we're talking about in this next year that two campuses would become three campuses, right? There's a, a friend of mine here. For many of you, he's your friend too. He's been a charter member of this church, Tiny Peterson. And Tiny Peterson, three years ago, wrote me this email as he was reflecting back in like 1964, 1965, when our mother church who planted us was thinking about moving from, you know, the doorsteps of Willie Street to the northeast side, the east side of Madison on Buckeye Road. And they were thinking of relocating the church to where it was growing. And then they decided, no, let's not relocate. Let's just plant a new church. We'll stay here. We'll plant a new church. And that same year, like three months after they made that decision to plant that church on Buckeye and, and purchase that property, the property became available on the west side on Blackhawk Avenue. And in, in just a matter of months, in one year, they made a commitment to plant Door Creek Church and Blackhawk Church. Here's what he said in his note to me. As a young first-year board member, I admit, I didn't fully appreciate what we were taking on. One church becoming three in a matter of months under any circumstances is quite remarkable. A reality check would say the odds of success were slim. I can't explain it, but I do know this. I've seen what Door Creek and Blackhawk have become and have witnessed. Here it is. What can happen when a people see God's will, are willing to step out in faith, and then trust and commit themselves to bring it about? And so as we come halfway through Rooted, it's another opportunity for us to respond to God's invitation. And it may begin for some of us just his invitation for us to be in relationship, to live our lives in him, to have the stability, to have new life, forgiveness, guilt removed, hope, meaning, significance, joy in him. For others of us, we've done that. It's an opportunity to just continue to live in him just as we received him, to go deeper. I'm inviting you to take that, that little piece of paper that doesn't mean anything until you let God use that piece of paper to say, and this year, here's our, how I want you to grow to be more like Jesus. We really believe, I believe with all my heart, that could be the most significant thing that happens in the life of our church is all of us intentionally engage and own our own growth 
So the growth guides, they're out there at the atrium. There's a board. If there's one word that describes what we're trying to grow to be more like Christ, put it up on the board to encourage each other. We're growing. This is how. And then I want to encourage you to get in a group if you aren't. I want to encourage you to serve, maybe to serve with that group that's going to go be the very core group of Northside Madison's site. Maybe serving one of the ministries, maybe serving through the compassion ministries of our church. We're going to have a big serve. It's not going to be groceries. And one day, it's going to be the whole month. There's a bunch of projects listed. If that would help you connect your group, your family, your friends to a project, click on the tab that says events. Look for the word, words big serve. And the sign up genius will give you all kinds of ideas. But you may have some other ones. And then there's a map of Dade County right there. Tell us this month where you were serving and filling the, the uh, greater Dane area with little tastes of God's goodness and grace. So then in the giving, I mentioned already we've had $1.6 million pledged. And to date, so you'll notice in your brochure, it said $850,000. That was printed a few weeks ago. So there's been more pledges coming in. We're up to a million and five thousand dollars of the 1.6 that has been identified and pledged. So we're looking for $500,000 of new pledges. Anybody who's pledged already, all your money is going to the same things that we said, 40% to debt reduction, 60% to the other initiatives. What we're raising in this iteration of Rooted is 500,000. The first three are going to help us get that new campus built up into forest. Then the other 200,000, as that comes up, will be distributed to the other initiatives that we have. So you'll notice in, you know, in your bulletin, your uh, rooted update, that there's a pledge card. So if you already filled one of these out last year, you don't have to fill one out. But, um, and so last year, 250 people filled out a pledge card. And then about another 180 uh, have been giving to rooted. So there's obviously a problem with cards. I get it. Some of us are not into cards. But can I just say, at this time, actually, a, a card would be really helpful to leadership understanding what we should be doing and when. So if you're planning to give, and you go, but I don't do the cards, you hear what I just said? It actually would be helpful to know if you're going to give $500 or $1,000 as we make plans before the Lord. So it's just for the year, and you might want to update your pledge as God stirs your heart today. And don't turn it in today. I want you to pray about it. We're going to turn it in on March 25th and 26th, and we're encouraging everybody to give as much of their pledge, maybe the one they made last year, the one you're just making this time. Give as much as you can in what we're calling our big give. So it is my privilege to be part of a church that uh, isn't in maintenance mode and isn't comfortable and turning into some kind of a country club for us. I'm proud to be part of a church that wants to continue to boldly, full of faith, join God in his work in this world. And we live in a community that is surrounded with people who need Jesus. And we have an opportunity to reach more and more people. And so I pray that this year together, God would more deeply root us, that there'd be more beautiful blossoms and more spreading out and more fruit of changed lives from here to the far reaches of the globe. Let, let me lead us in prayer. Lord, you are so good that you, the God of this universe, would pursue us with your grace for a relationship when we don't deserve that. We didn't even desire it. 
at the cost of your own son, Lord Jesus, that you would want us to be in you, our lives in you, and you are our source of strength. You are our life. You are the one who gives us joy. You are the one who makes our life lives of meaning and purpose and, and things that last. So we want to be investing in the right things. We want to follow you. Give us wisdom to know where to grow. Give us wisdom to know where to serve. Give us wisdom to know, are, are we supposed to go be part of that? Give us courage, Lord. Give us quietness to hear your voice, what it is that we're supposed to give. Thank you for those who have, who are. Thank you for the gentleman who says, I just retired and, and I'm in construction management and can I help you manage one of these projects? Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. For that woman who said, I'm supposed to go. For that man who said, I, I'm, I'm building a house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lead us, Lord, we pray, to be part of your beautiful body and your work in this world. Till you come or call us home. In Jesus' name we say, amen.